It is Locked on Jazz for the 5th of December. The Jazz face the Lakers. They end up getting blown out again. It's 5-6. and six. It's 3 in a row. We'll break it down and talk about it. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz Give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, trying to make it more fun to be a jazz game fan every single day. Uh, we'll break this one down. We are live today. We are coming to you live on Periscope at Lockdown Sports. We are live on Facebook at Lockdown Sports. We are live on Instagram at DLock09. We are live on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube on Locked On Live. Uh, I do know that the postcasts are getting cut off. There's something going on with my recorder. And when I transfer it over to the uh, my recording system in my computer, that it's cutting it off. And I'm trying to find out what to do about it. Uh, I've reformatted the card. I'm not quite sure. So honestly, I don't know. For those of you listening non-live edition, hopefully this will not happen to you today. But you are getting kind of a more airy sound, a little echo to what's going on. I'm going to break, I went back and rewatched the first half. I'm going to break it down for you a little bit, touch on um, what I think is happening to this team uh, right now, and then take your questions. Um, you know, big picture on what's going on is certainly we're not right. Um, it's, it's a little disconcerting. Uh, the Lakers are great. Okay. So really the big, big picture um analysis I've got for you on this one is that was crazy impressive from the Lakers on a back end of a back-to-back coming out of Denver. Anthony Davis completely dominates the game at the end of the first quarter. LeBron completely dominates the game at the beginning of the second quarter. They're two of the five best players in the league. We don't have anyone who's as good as those guys. Um, and we didn't, we can't guard them. And when they, we don't have an answer to that. When Ed Davis is trying to guard Anthony Davis, it's a, Total mismatch, and they absolutely spaced their guys last night in a manner that the minute Rudy went out of the game, Anthony Davis moved to the center. And the minute Rudy was in the game, there was a center that Rudy Gobert had to guard. And we don't have anybody that can guard LeBron. So, like, we can get into, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into the nitty gritty. We're going to get into all this other stuff. There's two overriding issues here that really... We could, I could do the show in five minutes and be more accurate than the 30 minutes we're going to do and take your questions and all those things. And the, the two things, truly, like the Lakers are great. They're great. They're way better than we are. Okay? Like, if that's championship caliber, we're not there. And I don't know that we'll get there, honestly. Like, I know we all had great high hopes for us being, and I, I did too, that I thought we could be, you know, close to the number one seed in the West. I never had high hopes that we had a championship team, though. Um, I thought we might, because LeBron and Anthony Davis are just better than anyone we have. And they're adding JaVel McGee and adding Dwight Howard. It's pretty smart, honestly. Um, it gives Anthony Davis the ability to be guarded by someone who just can't handle him. It means LeBron is sliding down to the three. They're mammoth. I mean, if you watched last night, every Danny Green dwarfs Donovan Mitchell. LeBron James being guarded by Dante Exum was a joke. Not because like, if Don, I mean, Dante's just not anywhere close, but like, it's a, like, it looks like, it just looks like if it was happening in a playground, the principal would stop it. Uh, 
And and that's us. I mean, that's also you know Boyan's pretty big, and LeBron dwarfs him, but Boyan dwarfs Dante. When you, um, so that's you know Anthony Davis is is way bigger than Jeff Green. You know, we turned to Jeff Green as like a defensive answer last night. Like that's not great. And then Rudy's got his hands full um, with a bunch of aspects there. So that wasn't you know. You know, they panned us last night and they schooled us and they blew us out last night on our own built on our own floor, and it's not great. Um, and I'll dig into it and we'll get into the nitty-gritty. And there's a bunch of stuff that wasn't very good last night, but the big picture is they're great. Honestly, I know it's a bummer because they're the Lakers and that sucks, but they're great. The second one is really the same thing is happening every night. Um, and I'll get into it more tomorrow when I go dig into it, but every night we're in the game. Should be, because it's close. And then we go to our bench, and it falls apart. And we're 30th in the league offensively in second quarters. Um, The minute we bring our bench guys on the floor, we can't score. Last night, um, our offensive rating with George Niang was an 82.9. Our offensive rating with Ed Davis on the floor is a 76.7. Uh, by the way, league average is like 110. Our offensive rating with Dante on the floor was an 81.5. Our offensive rating with Emmanuel Moutier on the floor was a 41.7. Our offensive rating with Jeff Green on the floor was a 95.8. Boyan, 118. Rudy, 106. Joe Ingles, 113. Donovan, 112. But the minute we go past that, it, it's... It's a major, major problem. And I don't really know the answer on that one. Um, But this is the same thing really every night. And I got into it yesterday and I haven't updated these numbers for you um, today. I guess I could do it right now if you want me to. I guess we could. We'll do it together. Uh, Thank you to the wonder of the internet and uh, the website Cleaning the Glass. All right, taking out blowout moments. And which is, you know, when Mike Conley is off the floor, our offense is a 101.7 in the 11th percentile of all offenses. When Donovan Mitchell is off the floor this year, our offense is a 96.3 in the second percentile of all offenses. When Boyan Bogdanovich is off the floor, Our offense is a 96.5 in the second percentile of all offenses. Here's the most disconcerting thing to me. Not about last night, because last night they're just better than we are. If we take one of those three guys off the floor, our offense completely torpedoes. One of the three. I talked about on postcast last night. It's, It's really problematic. If you put Emmanuel Moutier on the floor, just on the floor, doesn't matter who else is on the floor. The offense is a 104.6. That's in our 22nd percentile. That's like the best I've got for you. You put Jeff Green on the floor. It's a 100 in the 7th percentile. Take Donovan off the floor. So that Jeff Green's on the floor without Donovan. It goes to an 83.3 in the zero percentile. 
These are striking numbers. This is the issue. Put Dante on the floor. Our offense is an 88.0. Our effective in the zero percentile and effective field goal percentage is 43.3. That's the issue. I'll get into this, what I think is selfish play. I'll get into lack of ball movement. I'll get into... No! No, we, we're done. Honestly, we're done. That's it. Like, I don't know if you know this, but on, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, on our NFL channel, we do these Google five-minute updates. Google has a new thing where if you say to Google, tell me the news, Google will give you a customized news update. It's kind of cool. And our NFL people provide things for them. That's my five-minute update. That's my five-minute update. Um, like, I, I, that's it. That's the answer. That's kind of the sum up. Now I'll take questions. Uh, today's show is brought to you by my good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai. Located at 4646 South State Street. The good guys at Murdoch have the new Palisade, which is just awesome and killing it. People love it. It's getting rave reviews. That's all part of their awesome SUV lineup. The SUV lineup that includes the Santa Fe as well as the Tucson and the Kona. The Sonata and the Elantra are the sedans. Hyundai is on one of the leaders in innovation. And right now it's the back door that doesn't open up if another car is coming to save your kids from making a mistake in traffic. Those are the kind of advancements. Those are the kind of things that happen when you get a Hyundai. Located at 4646 State Street in Logan and in Linden. Do me a favor. If you're going to go look at a car, include Hyundai on your list. Let us know. Email me at dlock09 and we will send you a little note over to them and we'll take care of you before you head over there so that you're treated like the king or queen that you deserve to be. I got to say queen because Sarah at Sunprint Solutions is listening and she gets mad every time I say that it's only the king. So tip of the hat to Sarah. All right, so that's Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. All right, let's get to your questions. Coming from Instagram Live, can we learn something of the Celtics last year about people accepting their roles? I I think we are the Celtics of last year right now. We have a brilliant coach, no differently than they do, who was showing it's just as good this year as he was then. Um, Our guys all believe the earth is round, which makes us a little different, but I absolutely think that we are the Celtics of... Last year. Um, The only thing where that doesn't totally jive, because what that implies is that Donovan, Boyan, and Mike Conley are the, are like somehow, and Rudy Gobert are not together, which they're not, frankly. Um, and that that's causing the problem the way that Gordon, Jalen, Jason, Kemba never came, or uh, Kyrie never came together last year. And I just documented to you that the issue is the minute we take one of our guys off the floor. Quinn tried it, by the way. Aware of this, Quinn tried in um, Memphis. If you go back and look at our rotations in Memphis, he just played those guys together for 34 minutes, 32 minutes, whatever Mike plays. And just tried to sneak through the other 16 minutes. Um, it, it It's incredibly difficult to watch. It doesn't feel right at all. It mathematically actually might make sense to just like throw the other 12 minutes. If the minute one of them goes off the floor, our offensive rating gets that low. Um, 
that that gets you know that gets a little daunting. Uh, Brian, do the numbers tell us if Rubio was better than Conley? Well, I mean, the Mike Conley we're getting right now, probably Ricky Rubio was better than. Mike Conley right now has not been... Mike Conley has been for his entire career. And, you know, there's one of three things that have happened. One is the adjustment out of a system that ran completely around him has been much more difficult than than anyone anticipated. And it's going to take him some time. And he showed some signs. Two is... But Mike Conley got stunningly old, stunningly fast. That actually does happen in this league. Like you don't, aging is not progressive as we all think it is. You just kind of get old and it and it falls off really quickly. I don't think that's what's happened to Mike, but uh, maybe this few day reset with the hamstring will be good for him. Um, the third one would be that he's been in Memphis for the last few years on a team that wasn't very good and that we didn't really pay attention to what he was doing. His game log would say that a little bit, that there were as many games um, that you... Uh, were above 40% shooting as he was above 50% shooting. And so that maybe there is a little more variance. Uh, question comes from Instagram at uh, Will Tuddenham. If you were the GM, what would you do? Here's the crazy thing. If I was the GM, I would have virtually done every single thing we've done. I would have signed Boyan. I liked Boyan over more than Miritich. Um, the impact of that was that you then had a thinner bench because you were paying more money for Boyan, so I certainly would have done that. Um, Ed Davis seemed like the perfect answer as the bat. I would have gone Robin Lopez, but he wasn't available, so that would have been my first choice was Robin Lopez, but he was going to go play with, with his brother in Milwaukee. So when he wasn't available, that's that's like really the, the first choice I would have made at that point would have been Ed Davis. Um, there was a play last night with Ed Davis that concerns me where it looked like he he couldn't bend down to get a ball or he just was off balance, hopefully. But like, I got, I worried for the first time on him, like, oh my gosh, did like, he just get struck by the aging stick, like all of a sudden. And, you know, I didn't watch, I didn't watch Ed Davis nearly as much as our front office, I'm sure did when he was in Brooklyn. So I don't actually know what he looked like last year because we played Brooklyn twice, but I know his numbers. I know he is. I know what all his teammates think of him. And they, they, you know, he's one of the most favorite guys. So I absolutely would have done Ed Davis. Um, You know, Emmanuel Moutier was unique. You have a top, talent top 10 talent draft pick that wants to come play for you and develop his skills and be there and frankly tj mcconnell had been paid and ryan ryan archie diacono had been paid and you only had really a minimum salary for that position so there's not a lot of pieces to that puzzle at that point that you're able to um that you're able to add into that mix uh, other than someone like that jeff green came at the minimum to michael green probably would have been my first choice though he is a sometimes allergic to passing, um, but he was not available, really. The Clippers had him signed up on a, and waiting for a deal. And so, you know, the other choice, the other choice, I think when you start kind of, I, I go back and pull up my list of, but I think like there was a guy like, who was it? Like, oh, shoot. Uh, Villanova guy used to play. I mean, okay, I can't think of his name. He's not in the league right now, right? So that was like your other choice other than Jeff Green. Um, so, I mean, I can't really say that I think that anything the front office has done is wrong here. So if I'm in the front office, I'm probably making all of the same calls. I'm, I'm very surprised by how this has played out. I mean, and some of it, frankly, is that if Mike Conley and Joe Ingles are having the year that we anticipate them having, um, that probably relieves some of the burden on Donovan. And then he's a little bit better than he's been. And then all of it maybe comes together and, some of the bench weaknesses aren't as dramatic. Jeff, 
I think anticipating Jeff Green to be as good as he was last year probably would have been, um, you know, I think it probably would have been, was probably not something that was likely in any regard. So I, you know, I, I don't, I don't have an answer on that. I think that's what's maybe the most stunning thing to me is that it's very strange uh, what we're seeing happen. Um, I was convinced we'd be a top five or six offensive team. And the question is whether we could be a top 10 defensive team. Um, I went back and rewatched the first half of the game. Let me, let me get to that. Cause I think it's at least interesting uh, to get to. I don't want to just waste um, the work I did on that though. I'd rather, you know what? I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. I, I, I got all your questions here. Let's take them. Um, Matt Moon wants to know if I can still introduce him to Joe Ingles. I don't think you want to meet him right now. How many of our troubles are confidence or comfortable issues? You know what, Kyle? Here's one thing I think is interesting last night. Donovan pretty demonstratively is like upset with Boyan about those backdoor cuts where Donovan gets beat on him like four different times. And the fact is that the um, Donovan comes out after the game and says that that was his fault. Um, Rudy is demonstratively mad after a fast break early in the first half. That's totally his fault. Totally his fault. So there's something going on in the group. Like when you just watch them, the body language is not great. The frustration level is high. Is that confidence? And what I think is interesting about it is there's some finger pointing. That's a bad word. There's some guys are making mistakes they don't think are their mistakes. That's a better way to say it than finger pointing. Finger pointing applies something else. So there are, that that to me is kind of an interesting phenomenon that's taking place is that there are guys that are making mistakes that are not, and they're, and they're upset about it, and they're blaming someone else, and it's actually their fault. To me, that's pretty telling of just two things. One is just no cohesion. Two is a level of frustration where you're pretty quick to blame rather than to look inward. And that's got to switch. Donovan said it. All 15 guys have to look in the mirror. Uh, Chad Spain seven says I'm literally in line at Disneyland still making time for you. It's kind of awesome, Chad. Thank you very much. Uh, Andy Callis Morris let's face it. The jazz are not very good. Maybe we make the playoffs, but we are not that good. Uh, we are not very good until we figure out what to do when we take one of our main guys off the floor. Like that is, we are going to have to figure out a way to play when those guys don't come off the floor. Can you please address the, complete crap that are the refs in this league. Jazz go up 11-5. LeBron carries the ball, holds it to his chest, mid-dribble, then continues dribbling like nothing happened. The ref is staring directly at him, calls nothing. They missed the call they shouldn't have missed. Like it's bad. It's like some of the traveling calls they've missed at times. Um, I don't think the refs were the issue last year. The Last night, though, the whistle, you know, the whistle was really dramatically... Uh, against the Jazz, at least foul-wise, early in the game. And then, of course, by the end of the night, it always evens out. I find that really annoying, honestly. Do you think... How do you think that this year's team compares to last year's? Everyone's blaming things on losing favors, Crowder, and Rubio. Please address this. Okay, so... A few things. Uh, One is our record is better at this time last year than it was... Or this time this year than it was last year. So, let's not forget that. Two, I do think there's some revisionist history to what we were... 
last year. So let's not forget that. Um, three, we are not as good. If Favors was playing 26 minutes a night, or maybe 28, in the 14 minutes where Derek was the backup center and gave our second unit an offensive identity, we are not as good in those 14 minutes. We are better in the 14 minutes in which Derek was on the floor with Rudy Gobert and we were kind of flummoxing through that period of time. But we may not be better in those 14 minutes than we are in the 14 minutes where we were better when he's on the bench. And that is surprising. I think we thought we'd be able to be an even team with our bench. That's I think this team was built in a manner believing that the starters would be great, which they generally have been. I mean, it's 13-12 last night, and then we start going to the bench. Um, we're ahead. And then I think we thought that the bench could stay even in games, and that has just not been the case. Um, I don't know that I think that's a Crowder-Rubio issue. I mean, Mike Conley's not been great, but my, we've been okay with Mike Conley's on the floor. Uh, Jeff Green, Jay Crowder, I mean, the difference also is like 9 million to 1 million, and you're probably seeing that difference. So, um, you know, I think that that's, we just, I also think, you know, at some point there's maybe some tough decisions that have to be made here that are beginning to be made. And when those are made, then maybe things settle out a little bit. We got to find a way, truly, I mean, I'm going back to it. I'm not being more complicated than that. That when, when our, one of those three guys goes off the floor, we're okay. Today's show is brought to you in part by Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending is a really interesting company. Josh Romney uh, has taken this longtime lending company and brought it to Utah, and the expansion has now been outstanding. We like to believe that part of their advertising with us has been a part of it. I really think it actually has to do with Steve Carter and Brock and all the guys that are over there and ladies, women that are over there I don't know personally, so I'm not using their names, um, that are doing um, absolutely incredible work. Um they started, as of June this year, they had already doubled their numbers from last year. They have 15 branches in Utah from St. George to Logan to Willow. Why? Because they get deals done. They're hyper-responsive. They embrace change. They make sure the borrower experience is fabulous. As a Locked On Jazz listener, you have your own personal loan officer in Steve Carter at 385-885-28. Intercap Lending. .com. Find out. Their app was great. We did our loan there. Had a wonderful experience. Our Locked On Jazz listeners have had continually great experiences there. 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. Steve Carter will help you. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, go to intercaplending.com. I think you'll find out Steve is just fabulous. It's been universal across the board. And you're not only... By the way... um, you can help, uh, if you're not in Utah, Steve Carter can actually help you as well. So you do, I know a lot of our listeners are not in the state. Intercap Lending can still help you. You do not have to be Utah-based. 385-800-8528. They're in 44 of the 50 states. Hopefully you're not in one of the six. All right, let's get back to your questions because you guys are great. Um, off the Facebook feed, um, Blake says, the pain is real. No need to explain today. Just give me a shoulder to cry on. I am, I am here for you, Blake. My shoulder's crying. I'm really, you know. I'm bummed. Like, it's, I'm surprised. Um, are the playoffs in jeopardy? I don't think so. But, you know, I'm an analytical numbers guy, right? Like, we all know this. Like, 
I like try to be really consistent. I think if we go to cleaning the glass right now and we run the uh, summary of the league uh, after this collection of blowout losses, I'm going to guess that our win differential, our point differential is not very good right now. Uh, let's see. Dallas is number one in the West. Incredible. Lakers are two. They're really good. Clippers are three. They're very good. Denver's four. They're good. Houston's five. Minnesota's six. Phoenix is seven. Jazz are eight. With Portland hovering. So, yeah. Maybe the playoffs are a little bit in jeopardy. I mean, uh, but, you know, the other end, the schedule gets a little softer here. We have played. Um, I didn't see the line last night on last night's game. If anybody knows it, wants to throw it in the chat room. We have not, you know, of our five losses of our last six games, we are not favored unless we were favored last night. We have not been favored in any of them. So they weren't really games we were expected to win. You just wish you weren't getting blown out in the second quarter of every game. Um, how important is the next stretch of 12 games? A lot of time at home and to practice and get it right. Yeah, I mean, oh, there's no question. Like, we better get this right now. And Quinn's working and these guys have got to figure it out and you know i'll go through it tomorrow we've got two days so I'll, I'll dig in for a bunch of stuff where which i thought uh why isn't tony bradley getting more minutes i think he played well over a stretch you know i think they're considering it um ed davis is a veteran who the teammates love really is playing awfully hard um benching him i think would be a very difficult thing to do uh so i you know i think that's but that's the reason frankly uh but tony did play well uh, I think they have a renewed confidence in Tony if they if they need to play him. Um, so I think that he uh, there is there is some confidence there, um, and maybe Tony Bradley's offensive rebounding, which we don't have any of, and Tony's ability to finish around the basket, which Ed doesn't have on a second unit that doesn't score, is going to be something that actually pushes the meter. I mean, they simply have got to find a way to get points in those areas. Um, Seems like players are frustrated with each other. Notice Donovan and Rudy going out a bit while Donovan was shooting free throws. No, that was obvious. I mean, that was that was visible. Donovan was as out of sorts last night as I've seen him. Whether it was getting beat on the backdoor cuts with Boyan, whether he and Rudy and the calm down. No, the frustration was palatable last night. You couldn't hide that. There's no duck in that. Um, that's probably good. I mean, I don't I don't want to be Pollyanna. I'm really trying not to be the Pollyanna guy. That's you know, at least they care. Frankly, this is where the fact that we have, if we in fact do have as good character as we think we do, this is where it really matters. That you have good character and you have guys that are willing to generally do the right things and try to do it. Um, Brandon Whiteside, Ingles is too slow and causes many turnovers. Why does Quinn love him so much this year? Well, because he probably doesn't have a lot else. Um, Joe has not been as good this year. Like, And I... You know, I've always been nervous about the day when Joe starts to age. I don't know that it's happened now. I've said this numerous times. You know, this is not a Joe thing. This is that I believe that the players that are not on the peak of size or peak of athleticism, when they age, it happens really dramatically fast. Um, And I don't know if that's happened, but I hope so. Uh, do I know of any jazz players who have listened to the podcast? I think somebody related to or involved with the jazz players, all every single one of them listens to the podcast. Um, you know, I try to be really honest about what's going on, and I would probably ask, you know, I often talk to them and ask them about things I'm asking you about, like, or telling you about. So I, you know, I think, I hope they think I'm being fair. Uh, Kyle Finneman, can I be your friend? You bet. We can be friends. We all need friends right now. Uh, what can Dante do to get more minutes even if he plays well he doesn't seem to get any more minutes? 
I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, he played well, got more minutes. I mean, you can't do, honestly, like, you can't have nights like Dante had the last few nights. Like, what Dante, I don't know what he finished. At one point last night, Dante played 10 minutes, had no points, no rebounds, no assists. Like, I get it. He's not comfortable. We saw him go down. He got dinged again last night. What we're asking Dante to do is, is incredibly difficult, right? So, he wasn't playing. There's a little bit, I feel like, of a misnomer of how great he was before the injury. So then he's not going to play for nine months and we expect him to be as good as he was before the injury? Like, that's not possible. That's totally not possible. So that's unfair and that's what we're asking out of him. And then part two of it is we're actually kind of asking him to be even better. Like, we want him to be really important and vital and have him... He's been injured and out for nine, ten months after being out and injured for nine or ten months, after being out and injured, like, it's not a realistic expectation for this poor guy. Like, I don't know what the answer is to if it's to send him to the G League and let him play five games at 34 minutes and get banged around and get his wind. It might be. The G League is so valuable for things like this. Um, he's You know, it feels like he's probably past that in his career, but he's, he's so tentative right now, and he's... And he's not, like, he. even when he drives to the basket, I don't have any feeling like he's ready to assertively put that ball in. Like, when he was, right before he got injured, that was what he was doing, is he was making and finishing those shots at the rim. And I admire him right now for going to the rim still and still trying to get there, but it, it doesn't look like he's ready to make that shot. Like, I can't, but I you can't be critical of that. But I don't actually know what Quinn's supposed to do about that, either, in the sense that, like, can you really play that like I don't know uh, Quinn's not benching Dante Quinn's trying to do everything he possibly can to give Dante minutes uh, I know our transition defense was atrocious last night but what can the half court defense do you know what the half court defense last night was that Anthony Davis and LeBron James are better than us like that's honestly what, at least in the first half like the, and it was bad the, the half-court defense was that they have players that are great, and their floor spacing was awesome last night. When, you know, Anthony Davis was catching the ball mid-block right, being guarded by Ed Davis or whomever, and not Rudy Gobert. They generally avoided that. And they had four guys on the other side of the floor with perfect floor spacing, and Anthony Davis could just go one-on-one and score. Um, so, I mean, it's really honest. What's your honest opinion? Do the Jazz get back on track? I need to see some semblance of us being able to score when one of those guys goes off the floor to believe we're getting it back on track. That's that's going to be my bellwether. I don't know the answer. I really don't. Um, to me, that's the issue. I'm sure there's others, defense, everyone's going to... Um, but that's the issue. Danny Amos, I agree with, uh, with what the GM did. I'm happy you went for it. Maybe it's not going to pan out, but I appreciate the moves. Yeah, I mean, there is a level of we went for it. Um, we went for it, and we'll see. Uh, all right, there are a million questions, and I am not going to get to all of them. From Twitch, just because I want to jump on the Twitch. Um, I don't know how crazy this is, but what if we went and got someone like Hassan Whiteside? Ed is being pushed around. Jeff hasn't been great defensively at the five. Um a lot for I think he makes an awful lot of money for a backup five you know there's a point here with what we have to get used to is that when you have a 30 million dollar center 
and a $30 million point guard, you end up with minimum players or mid-level exception players as your backups. Like, that's new to us. We've had this 3 through 12 depth forever, and we don't have that right now. It's a really interesting bit. I've been told over the last few years, every time I was promoting 3 through 12 depth, I got told by analytics guys that that doesn't matter. I'm not so sure right now. Uh, from Periscope, Connie Dog Yolo says um, the Jazz need to play some bad teams and get the rhythm back. I think there's nothing more true than that, right? Nothing more true than we need to play some teams that let us get our rhythm back. Let's hope we do it. We'll talk about it. I'll break it down. We'll belabor the point for the next two days. Uh, it is locked on Jazz. Thank you very much. Maybe we'll do an interview one of these nights and talk to a Friday. Maybe we'll do a Friday. Wait, today's Thursday? So we'll have to belabor it for one more day? Nah, we don't need an interview. Maybe we'll do an interview. All right, talk to you soon. Thanks very much. If there was somebody you want to talk to, who would it be? Let me know. It is Locked on Jazz. See you, Instagram. Hopefully you got the end of this.